yo, yo, Defenders! Happy Thirsty Thursday and welcome to episode 127 of Defenders of the Bank, the most LAFC podcast in the solar system. I am one half of your ridiculously good-looking dynamic duo, the loud and bold lover of all things black and gold, Christian Philly Philemon. And right next to me, in the friendly confines of Philly Monster Studios in beautiful Burbank, California, the mouth of the South Bay, J.R. Liebert! The scarf, and what is good, everybody? Apparently, we are a good-looking duo, which is news to both me and anyone who's seen me on Instagram or in person at Bank of California Stadium. Act as if, scarf. I will take it where I can get it, my good friend, and it is more of a celebration as another win streak creeps down the tracks for LAFC. Consecutive wins again, and we're peaking at the right time, although... And I'm going to mention this later on in the podcast. Philly only using about the first 7 or 8% of his entire seat in the second <laughs> half today. Lots of nervous time for Philly and his poor cuticles. But yes, it is time for another episode of Defenders of the Bank, episode 127. And real quick, Philly, I know we have a lot to get into with the Dynamo, but we did just want to take one quick second. We're on 127, but there is another certain podcast now led by the Podfather himself, that's Joseph Zacker. Congratulations to Heart of LAFC for yep. their 150th episode. I know they're still evolving after the unfortunate departure of Jerry Jimenez. He's still alive. He just isn't doing <laughs> a podcast anymore. That sounded a little morbid. But we did just want to give a quick shout out to Joseph and our friends over at Heart of LAFC for congratulations on number 150. No doubt. Such a good milestone. We're not too far off from that scarf. We are creeping, creeping up on Heart of LAFC. It's not really a competition in that sense. We are all part of the pod fam. Shout out to our friends at Shoulder to Shoulder, FCFC, Season Pass. And if anyone's out there that I've missed, I apologize. But those are the ones that we communicate with the most. Now, let's get into some talk with the Dynamo. That is the team we played. And I wrote a little quick poem to start off today's episode, Scarf. Poems by Philly. Dynamo. Oh, Dynamo. Glad that you showed up, Dynamo. We know you're staring at us from down below. We know in terms of goals, you have little to show. But that's okay. We allowed you to step foot on our grass in order to simply kick your Houston ass. Even at 2-1, to one, we didn't flinch. Against Houston, another playoff berth, we clinch. Ha <laughs> ha! There's my little poem. I'm going to throw in a little soliloquy. You, it's your fault, Scarf, because anytime I'm looking at LAFC information and I come across Raito's information, the only thing I can think and hear in my cerebellum is, Brian. Oh, God. Oh, Brian. Really? Million dollar designated player, Brian. So I'm like, you know what? I'm <laughs> going to be creative too. change every time you sing my song, <laughs> by the way. It's I've... like a game of telephone. What can I say? <laughs> and I would like to apologize to all of those grade school kids out there that also listen to our podcast that have never heard a swear word before. That was Philly, Christian Philly Philemon. You can follow him at Philly underscore D-O-T-B, I think, on the Twitter, and at Philomonster35 <laughs> on all the other social media. Make sure, parents, that you let uh, Christian Philly Philomon here know exactly how you feel about that little line there in the poem. But we're going to keep it because it's way more fun to blame Philly for something because I'm going to get blamed for something oh, later on. Oh, it's not hashtag it's, blame Philly anymore. After today, it is hashtag blame Scarf. Yes. I am now Scarf Stradamus. I, he I will is say, blame Philly. I do take the blame for what Philly will blame me for later on. Philly, I know before we get into our This Day in LAFC history and 
what wound up being a chock full of news and notes segment, which didn't start off that way at the beginning of our podcast planning. I know there's a couple of people you want to give a quick shout out to before we get into this day in LAFC history. 100% want to give a quick shout out to our friends, and I've been doing this consistently, our friends at AB Teamwear. They are a new corporation that specializes in creating custom jerseys. They have created the Defenders of the Bank jerseys, which you have seen and will see more of later. They have created the custom jersey for our sister podcast. I don't know. It actually sounds weird calling them a sister podcast. That's your wife. I mean, my wife is there. This is like some West Virginian podcast. No offense to any of our listeners that are from West Virginia. (laughs) And we appreciate you all for listening. Yes, we we like the Mountaineers here. Anyway, um, they created their jerseys as well. So if you have a jersey in mind, a custom kit, if you're about to participate in some kind of a tournament and you want to supply your team with some cool threads, contact AB Teamwear. They turn your dreams into into a reality. They created a really dope Defenders of the Bank kit for us, and I'm really appreciative of that. So once again, check out AB Teamwear. And look, this is the final week in which you can do it. We've been talking about it for a while. Our friends over at Athletes in the Making need our help, Defenders. Okay, They need our help. We need to help, and we need to get involved, and we need to be more active. There is a virtual 5K, all right? It benefits athletes in the making. They're doing a unbelievably just cause, okay? And so $30 gets you a medal, a pin. You participate in the 5K. You show it off. You do that thing. You could get some micheladas at Galagetza. You could get free fries. We'll post all that information. The link is on our bio, but please, this is the last week to do it. October 31st, the promotions come to an end, so make sure that you... You go to our Instagram page and you look in our bio and you sign up for that virtual 5K. Scarf signed up for it. I signed up for it. Panda and Nina signed up for it. So check that out. Look, it's just five Julius Peppers worth of money. $30. $30 to sign up for a 5K. First of all, you're helping athletes in the making. You're helping youth in sports. You're helping a great cause for athletes in the making. Second, You're also getting your fat butts out of the house and running a 5K. And when I'm speaking to you guys out there, you know who I'm talking to? I'm talking to myself. That's (laughs) right. I'm doing a 5K. As I've been reminded by Philly several times, it's 3.1 miles consecutively, I heard, too. So here's the thing. I'm going to do a 5K. And I am, I am in less shape than I would like to be in. But I am going to do an off-the-couch 5K, 3.1 miles, okay? It's going to be something, I'll tell you that. It's not going to be for time, it's going to be for pleasure. And I'm not going to enjoy it that much, but I'm still going to do it. Everybody out there, please, go to our bio, click on the link. Athletes in the Making needs our help. It's $30, you get a cool pin, you get a cool medal, and you might lose a few pounds, which is what my hope is as I'm <laughs> going to do this. My hope as well. Look, Scarf's doing a 5K, people. This is, this is bigger news than I think you realize. I am a water mammal. I swam for the entire athletic career that I had. I am not a land mammal. I don't run on purpose. I, I run when I'm chased. I run when, you know, there's a Black Friday sale or something that I'm trying to get to. You might run when Nina's talking about marriage stuff, too. <laughs> that was, again... At Philly underscore D-O-T-B <laughs> and Philomonster35 on I'm trying social to throw media. him under the bus, defenders. I'm trying to throw him under the bus. He's getting himself in trouble. I'm getting myself in trouble by doing a 5K. So please, sign up for Athletes in the Making. And it's time for a little bit of this day in LAFC history. And it's chock full of fun stuff today. We've only got four days before our next match. But you would have thought we wouldn't have had as many things, especially this late in the season. First of all, 
We are recording this on the 28th, of course, right after the match, and we want to say a very happy birthday to a former member of the Black and Gold that we got to hang out with a couple times on occasion. He was a really good dude. I know his career didn't pan out for LAFC the way he would have liked, but a very happy, is this right, 21st birthday (laughs) to Shaft Brewer Jr. Happy birthday, Shaft. God, the kid is so young, just 21 years old. Happy birthday to the former member of the Black and Gold. Also on the 28th in 2018, unfortunately, that was when LAFC fell in their inaugural season finale, 2-1 to one, at Sporting Kansas City. That put LAFC at third place in the West. Carlos Vela with his 14th goal of the season on a PK in the 63rd minute. And Jordan Harvey becoming the 38th player in Major League Soccer history to reach 25,000 minutes. We know he has since broken through, I believe, the 30,000-minute milestone, which is pretty cool if you ask me for Jordan Harvey. On the 28th in 2019, Carlos Vela, Edward Atuesta, and Walker Zimmerman were all named to the 2019 MLS Best 11. That's pretty cool that we had three guys on the Best 11 for our second season. Next day, on the 29th, 2019, a day that will live forever in infamy to all LAFC fans. Of course, tomorrow last year, was when we lost in the Western Conference Final to Seattle 3-1 at Bank of California Stadium. It was a beautiful free kick by Edward Atuesta in the 17th minute to open the scoring. And then unfortunately, it was an avalanche of rave green as the match finished with two goals by Raul Ruiz Diaz, 22nd minute and the 64th. About the only consolation I think that LAFC can take from that is at least we lost to the eventual champs. Whatever. Hated every minute of that match. Let's go to the 30th and one of our earliest dates in LAFC history. On the 30th in 2014, Major League Soccer awards a franchise to Los Angeles. That's right, Major League Soccer, after about 22 years, 21 years or so, finally had the smarts to put a team in Los Angeles on the 30th of 2014, MLS awarding a franchise to LA. Also on the 30th, 2019, FIFA 20 names Carlos Vela to their FIFA Ultimate Team of the Week for Week 7. That's pretty cool. And on Halloween in 2018, Carlos Vela was named a finalist for an MLS award. In fact, not one, but two. He was a finalist for MVP and a finalist for Newcomer of the Year. And Bob Bradley named a finalist for Coach of the Year on Halloween in 2018. And that is a jam-packed this day in LAFC history. Philly, you and I were, were sort of scrounging for some news and notes as we were putting this podcast together Earlier in the day. Oh, yeah. But some big news broke during the match, actually. And we wanted to address that real quick here because it's probably going to pop up on ESPN's bottom line and all over MLSsoccer.com. The news that broke during the match was that an LAFC player tested positive for COVID-19. According to LAFC, that result was as of yesterday, Tuesday, October 27th. And to quote LAFC... All other players and members of the club underwent testing yesterday and did additional rapid testing prior to the match today and have returned consecutive negative test results and do not have symptoms. According to the press release, all MLS players undergo 
polymerase chain reaction PCR tests every other day. And I think we need to have either Dr. Clapper or your wife, Amanda, on to tell us what that is. Including the day before each match, the confirmation of a COVID-19 case occurs when a player receives two consecutive positive tests. And Philly, all we know going by the injury report, we are not going to speculate on who it is, but all we know going by the injury report is that three players for today's match were not medically cleared to play. Andy Nahar, because he never is. Mark <laughs> Anthony Kay, because he sprained his ankle. It was real bad. But he actually wasn't in a walking boot today. And no. We know, and we know that for a reason we'll tell you in a second. And Mahala, Quadwa Opoku, was not medically cleared and kind of appeared, you know, a little surprisingly on the injury report. So here's what we can tell you as we were covering the match live today. We saw Mark Anthony K. Yep. Sitting next to Pablo Cisniega talking with Houston Dynamo players after the match. Yep. I would imagine, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that if Mark Anthony K was the positive that they knew about, after Tuesday, October 27th, he would not have been the one sitting next to Pablo Cisniega. In nope. fact, they have already said that that player is going to be in isolation. So it's not Mark Anthony K. We did not see Andy Nahar, nor did we really look for him all that hard because we don't really... Anyways, <laughs> we, we didn't really look for Andy Nahar, and we did not see Quadwa Opoku. So that being said, it's probably one of those two players. We're not going to speculate on who, even though those two were not medically cleared. That's all I have to say about that. Alrighty. Uh, so going back to what Scarf was saying, how we were struggling to find news, we're going to report on news from another club that happens to contain and have one of our players. So as a recent expansion club and with obvious ties to them this season, we want to congratulate, it feels kind of weird to say, but we want to congratulate Nashville on clinching a playoff spot in their inaugural season. Nashville had one of the stingiest defenses in all of Major League Soccer this season, allowing a mere 18 goals on the season, tied for second fewest in the league. And the reason why we're even congratulating Nashville is because we're not just trying to be a welcoming party to these new kids on the block. The only reason we give a hoot is because we are congratulating Walker Zimmerman, already an icon after scoring the first goal in Nashville history. So congratulations to Walker and I guess to Nashville. I do love Nashville. If we get to go to games and the world decides to not be cuckoo in a, in a year or two, I'm telling you, defenders, if you haven't been to Nashville, Nashville is freaking awesome. That is a city that if I ever, for whatever reason, had to move back to the Midwest, I would not consider any city other than Nashville. It is that cool. So much fun. But yeah, congratulations to Walker Zimmerman and Nashville on making the postseason. And look, I think it's kind of cool. We were an expansion team, and in our first year, we made the playoffs. Nashville's an expansion team, and their first year, they make the playoffs. That's pretty cool. It didn't happen very often before us, but it sure seems to be happening a little bit after us. Congrats to Walker. By the way, if you're looking at other MLS players who have LAFC ties... Colorado, and this is kind of news in and of itself, Colorado played an MLS soccer match today. No way. They they lost, unfortunately, 2-1, to but there was still no Steven Betashore out there on the pitch. He was eligible for selection, but no Steven Betashore on the pitch. And one last little bit of sort of related LAFC news and notes, and I thought this was interesting, so I thought I would bring it up. Thomas Hilliard Arce retired today. And before you ask, who is Thomas Hilliard Arce? Thomas Hilliard Arce, there you go, was the player that was selected in between Joao Moutinho and Tristan Blackman in the 2018 MLS Super Draft. He did, of course, spend two seasons with Carson and then one season this last year with the Sacramento Republic FC squad. And he announced his retirement with his Stanford degree and three 
three consecutive national championships with Stanford's NCAA soccer team in his back pocket. Obviously, his career didn't go the way he would have wanted it to go, especially when you're sandwiched in between a guy who's starting for Orlando and a guy who's been playing significant minutes for LAFC. But I do have one very, very quick Thomas Hilliard Arce story, and it involves, of course, the villain Zlatan Ibrahimovic. I was there for Zlatan's first match, of course, the one where he scored the brace and beat LAFC 4-3 with that insane long goal right inside midfield. And I just remember everyone was going nuts as Zlatan Ibrahimovic was warming up right there on the sideline. And I was lucky enough to have some incredible seats for that match. I was three rows away from the pitch and I'm watching Zlatan warm up and I'm going, nothing out there looks like this guy. But it was especially because he was warming up next to one of the smallest athletes I had seen in my life at that point, Thomas Hilliard Arce. And I just felt bad for the kid. I was like, wait a minute, this kid just got drafted and he has to go up against things like that in practice every day? That's unreal. The kid was a a center back and, and a pretty decent defender in college. But congratulations on the retirement, Thomas Hilliard Arce. Again, picked in between Joao Moutinho and Tristan Blackman. And that was a weird segue of a story, but I thought that was kind of an interesting little moment that I found today. Philly. We have most certainly <laughs> spent a lot of time on Tommy, Thomas Hilliard Arce. <laughs> time that we can't let's get talk, back anymore. Let's talk about Houston. Look, hey, if you hated it, at LAFC underscore the scarf. Hashtag blame it. the scarf. No, that's This coming, is going to be a trend. Coming, We're going to blow up Twitter with all of that's this. That's coming later, and it's hashtag blame scarf. For if you want to blame Scarf for anything else, not blame the Scarf. You are a the character. At this I understand, point. but blame Scarf just kind of rolls off the tongue a little bit better. Philly, today we played the human highlighters of Houston, <laughs> the orange peels, the Fantas, the orange crush. Did we have any previous history with this squad? It's funny. You would have to go back to July 13th for our most recent matchup with these guys. I don't know why we have so many names, nicknames for this club. I don't know. I mentioned this on one more sleep. We love those jerseys. Well, you certainly can't miss them from high in the sky. That is most certain. So July the 13th. Why do I remember this day so vividly? Why? Because I was sitting by myself in a hospital bed in Burbank after having my appendix rupture. More milking of the appendix? Hey, you talk about Thomas Hilliard Arce. (laughs) You have no room to talk anymore. Something that has nothing to do with anything. I'm going to be quiet now. All right, exactly. Know your role. (laughs) And yeah, this was such a crazy match. We went down three to one. That was the score at halftime. And during this COVID Cup, LAFC was a very resilient squad. Now we came back behind goals from Diego Rossi in the 63rd and the first goal of the LAFC career of Brian Rodriguez. It wasn't just any goal. And I'm going to pass this over to my, my, my partner who I so rudely shutted up earlier. It was a 69 Giggity goal. It was a giggity goal. That's right. Not only did Brian Rodriguez wait, I don't know, forever to score his first goal, but he did in the 69th giggity minute. Thank you so much. And it, by the way, was the equalizer. So he earned us a point with that goal. Also, by the way, no Christian Ramirez in that 3-3 draw. Uh, In our three years, Philly, we've played Houston a total of six times. Last year, we won both matches by the same score of 3-1, including the match that you and I both enjoyed at the bank quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Where Christian Rodriguez, Christian Rodriguez. I did the same damn thing on One More Sleep. Who is Christian Rodriguez? I don't. I called him out. You called him out. There's got to be somebody out there (laughs) named Christian Rodriguez who we keep referencing. Look, I'm 100% serious. It's so freaking weird that you just did the same damn thing that I did last we know that we have the millions and millions of defenders listeners. If you are named Christian Rodriguez, please shoot us a message 
on Instagram at Defenders of the Bank or on Twitter at Defend the Bank, and I will send you out a pin, no problem. You'll get a pin just because your name is Christian Rodriguez. I don't even know why that happened, but yes, we've done that a couple times. No Christian Ramirez in that last match, but it was Christian Ramirez who came out at the end of the Supporter Shield clinching match last season. And I don't want to say celebrated with us, but he definitely soaked it in a little bit. And he was certainly welcomed, by the way, by all of our guys in black and gold for the celebration. And, of course, the other reason why we all remember Houston is because in 2018, Ugh. I basically yelled fire in a crowded room when I got really upset at the Weezer concert after both Laurent Simon and Latif Blessing missed PKs. So Houston advances in the 2018 U.S. Open Cup. That was the semifinal. We win that match. We're going to the final. We probably win the Open Cup in 2018, but unfortunately, that did not happen. You brought him up. I'm going to ask you a question, Scarf. Yes. What is the difference between Christian Ramirez and Danny Musovsky? Danny Musovsky scores goals? <laughs> Three goals, to be exact, is the difference. Danny's got five. Christian's got two. So, do we miss Christian? To a certain extent, we utilized him as a false nine for so many occasions. <laughs> Even when we didn't intend to. Even when we didn't intend to. But yes, that's that's the difference. Yeah, the Fantas haven't had the greatest time against us. They they really haven't. But going into this matchup, they Tab Ramos is there he's at the helm for the first time. All right. Legend. Legend. <laughs> Who happened also a <laughs> end up on the stat sheet later in today's game. Which is pretty cool, because yeah. he's on a lot of stat sheets earlier in his career. Yeah, absolutely. Didn't anticipate him to be on the stat sheet for today, but Houston coming in with a slight shot at making the playoffs. They also have a, shot, a slight shot at the wooden spoon, but after that debacle in Portland for Carson, thank you, Portland, by the way, for putting the shebang bang on the Carson fighting Cosmos. At 5-2, to two, freaking fantastic. Them losing... Put joy into this matchup. Why? Because you'll find out later. I believe, by the way, it wasn't actually the entire Carson squad. It was just Christian Pavone that played tonight for Carson. That, that is true. The only person who had any type of an offensive impact. But yes, we, we have a history against Houston. But lately, we have have a very positive he, uh, history of clinching things when we come across Houston. We don't want to talk about that, that open cup match. I, I'll never forget. You were at a Weezer show. Yeah, I, I joked about the say it ain't so thing with you sometime yeah, afterwards. The Flaming Lips opened for Weezer, and, and it was bad. It we was, watched that game at free play. I'll never forget that because uh, that was an exciting game, if you if you remember. I mean, Diego Rossi had a hat trick to bring us into overtime in that match. And, yeah, if it wasn't for Latif, if it wasn't for Laurent, if they would have converted. Ugh. But, obviously, that was the last of what we saw from Laurent Simon. So, anyway, all right, well, that's too much about the past. <laughs> Talk about some run of form. LAFC has played the best football as of late for this season. And after that 2-0 victory over a listless Carson squad, you know we are looking to keep that solid run of form going through the end of the regular season. Now, the Fantas, the Orange Crush, the Orange Peel, the Sunny Delights, they've had one win in their last 11. Mm. And they've managed a Carson-esque <laughs> eight points in those 11 matches. All that being said, though, they just sit three points from the playoffs. On 21 points. Three points ahead of the last place Galaxy. Scarf, that's so insane to me. These teams, I can't I can't paint it any better. These teams, are they, they freaking suck. But yet they somehow have an opportunity to clinch the playoffs. It goes to show you how crazy and tightly packed the Western Conference is. You could look at MLS standings a week ago, and there were teams in the Eastern Conference that clinched. It basically took till today for any teams in the West to clinch. 
utterly insane. Yeah, Philly, Tab Ramos put it best when they asked him about playoffs and their chances, and he said, look, we can't even think or talk about the playoffs until we get a result at LAFC. Well, Tab, you still can't think or talk about the playoffs, unfortunately, after that. You definitely got a result, though. We talked about the injury report for LAFC when we talked about the positive COVID-19 test. It was no Mark Anthony K, no Andy Nahar. Andy Nahar, by the way, a new injury I found out. He has what's called Mark Segber's disease. He has had his roster spot pretty much completely taken by Mark Segber's. And then Mahala <laughs> Opoku. I like that. That's Also good. out. Yeah, you're welcome. No problem. For Houston, nobody really injured of consequence. Their one player that was Michael injured. Michael Salazar. He's played like 18 minutes for them all season. Player of no consequence, I'll agree with you. But suspended for yellow card accumulation was Adam Lundquist, their regular left back, and by the way, a player I found out that I share a birthday with. So thanks, Adam. Way to show up to my birthday party that we were going to have together. Why don't you tell the defenders one more time when your birthday is so they can mark it on their iPhones? Um, That would be March 20th, 1983, in case you were worried about the year. Thank you. And by the millions, I mean myself. I'm putting it on my calendar right now. And millions. (laughs) Also, Also gone, by the way, and this is something that you know we didn't really talk about much going into this but also gone is Albert Elise their dynamic talented and sometimes frustrating designated player who left for Boa Vista in Portugal in late September he's kind of teaming with Reggie Cannon over there forming a uh, MLS squad over in Portugal so they're really missing some firepower today without Albert Elise who scored I believe a goal if not two goals in our matchup that we tied he, 3-3. He definitely scored the one uh, w- w- without a doubt, and he was injured going into that matchup. That was like his first match back for Houston, but he, and I looked this up, he's already played three matches for Boa Vista. Yep. Even though they're sitting in 17th place, I, I said this jokingly the other night on One More Sleep, and I'm going to ask you this actually, I'm not going to say jokingly, because I'm going to ask you, would you, Scarf, rather be hanging out in the city of Porto? Or would you rather be hanging out in the city of Houston? Listen, I- I've been through Houston, not to Houston. I've never been to Porto in Portugal. So I'm going to take Portugal eight times out of seven. I don't feel bad for Albert Elise. I feel more bad for the Houston Dynamo because losing a player of his caliber is devastating to their squad. Did you just say you feel more bad? I guess I did. That I like was very it. poor enunciation. I like it. All right. Philly, Getting corrected by the teacher. That should be a segment on Defenders of the Bank. We have taken way too much time to even get into the lineup. You started it with Thomas Hilliard Arce. I may have started it with Thomas Hilliard Arce. Allow me for a moment, if you will, to go through Houston's starting lineup here. They've got goalkeeper Marco Maric, who played really well today, by the Three way. Three clean sheets. Who would have thunk it? Not tonight. Defender Jose Bizama. Defender Minor Figueroa. Oh. And it's rare that we in Major League Soccer get to witness a true legend on the pitch. Now, look, he hasn't had the most legendary of careers for his club, but we are talking about the all-time Honduran men's national team caps leader with 163 caps for your country, and he is still the captain of the Honduran national team. It is a huge honor to be the all-time cap leader for your country. I don't care what country or wherever you grew up, he is Honduras's all-time national leader in caps with 163. Also on D was Victor Cabrera and Zarek Valentin. In the midfield, Darwin Serra, Matias Vera, who was not a very good boy today, and Memo Rodriguez. <laughs> and at forward, Nico Hansen, Mauro Minotas, and the long-time Liga MX East veteran, Darwin Quintero Jr. In the 18, Christian Ramirez was, in fact, in the 18. We saw him at Bank of California Stadium today. It would have been his 99th appearance in Major League Soccer had he 
presented himself on the pitch. He did not present himself on the pitch, as you so put it. Ari Lasseter, the son of Roy Lasseter, the first golden boot winner in MLS history. Roy, his dad, had 27 goals in 1996, and that record stood until 2018 when Joseph Martinez broke that record. And then we had some guy named Carlos Vela come along and break that record, too. Also on the bench, Boniet Garcia. We have Minor Figueroa, who is the most capped Honduran of all time. He's about, also 37. He is also 37. How about Boniet Garcia, the fourth most capped Honduran of all time, with 125 caps for his country? Also on the bench, Wilfred Zahibo, Tomas Martinez, Alejandro Fuenmayor. Not a lot to get excited about on the bench besides Ari Lasseter, and more on them in a moment. Philly, a bit of a surprising keeper tonight for LAFC. While you and I were at the match earlier today, we saw something that we haven't seen in quite a while. If Actually, we probably haven't seen it all season. I actually don't remember the last time we did see this. Philip Edgemato was the first LAFC player to come onto the pitch. Philip Edgemato, our third-string keeper. We not, were kind of excited tonight. about this. Not tonight. No, but... No, definitely not tonight. He, he, we, we didn't know whether he was going to play what the story was, but after that, we saw Kenneth Vermeer come out. And no signs of Pablo Cisniega. Not once have we seen three goalkeepers warm up. So we thought, oh, this is going to be interesting. So Kenneth Vermeer got the start in between the pipes. And deservedly so, we'll get into this later, Kenneth Vermeer had a damn good game. Pablo had the night off. In our back line, Mohamed Elmanir, and I've got a fun nickname for him later on in the pod, Mario Segura and Palacios. Our midfield consisted of Pancho, Sifu, and Atuesta sporting that captain's armband. And then forwards, we had Rossi, we had Raito, and we had Danny the Moose. On the bench for the first time, Philip Ejimadu, Jordan Harvey, Dejan Yakovic, Latif Blessing, Carlos Vela, Bryce Duke, Christian Torres, Tristan Blackman, and Bradley Wright Phillips. That is our lineup going into this matchup. When you see names like Vela, when you see names like Bradley Wright Phillips, when you see names like Blessing, these guys are coming off the bench. What firepower. Earlier on in these pods, we were joking about how little excitement you would get. And I'm not, I don't mean this in any disrespect at all because, I mean, they're not proven, but when you have Bryce Duke and, 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 and Christian Torres, who's actually making a name for himself, and Adrian Perez coming off the bench, you don't have that, that, that fear, that intimidation factor. But when you see Carlos Vale and Bradley Wright Phillips warming up, Oh, Nelly, there's hell to pay when these guys come into the lineup. But that is the story. That is the lineup. Let's get into the match, Scarf. Yeah, it was a couple of early close calls for LAFC. And that's going to be the theme, by the way, of tonight as we break down this match. We're going to bury the lead a little bit by saying that LAFC does eventually come out on top of this match 2-1. to one. This match could have ended maybe 3-3 like our last match against them. This match could have ended 4-4. This match could have ended 5-5. This match could have definitely ended in Houston's favor. And early on, close call for LAFC in the third minute. Backline already tested. Our midfielders doing a lot of defending in the first couple minutes of the match. And another ball through just misses the mark. Manotas. Yeah, Houston really opening up their play, playing wide, trying to open things up. And it really wasn't until the sixth minute where LAFC got any action whatsoever. A bit of an ambitious chip, if we're going to call it anything, by Edward Atuesta. It's one way of putting it. But Philly, it took just nine minutes 
for LAFC to get on the board. It was really their first attacking chance of the match and some beautiful passing. Jose Cifuentes to Mohamed El Munir with a beautiful chip with his left foot and the golden boot leader extends his lead by one. Diego Rossi putting LAFC up one nothing on a beautiful chip right inside the box. Lucky number 13 for Diego Rossi on the season. Philly, what do you think? Two matches left, two goals clear of Jossie Zardes. Is he finishing it off to take the golden boot? I mean, I still think it's going to be a close call. I don't know if the Columbus crew and LAFC are going to take their foot off the gas pedal, considering the fact that they both clinched. We still want to shoot for the top four spots. And, and we're not actually, realistically, we're not out of like top two running. Uh, in terms of like the playoff seating. Uh, I, I don't know if it necessarily matters in terms of home field advantage because there hasn't been any. Can Diego Rossi win this golden boot? Yes, I think he can, and I think he will. And there, he, he had it not been for a VAR and an offside call, he would have had himself a little bit more clearance ahead of Jazzy Zardes. But I have no doubts that Diego Rossi can, can win this. I, he was my... Scarstradamus prediction for scoring. But let's not forget that even though Sifu found Elmo that led to Rossi, Poncho actually got that ball into Sifu, and that's what started this drop. So we got to give a little bit of credit to Poncho in the midfield. We had some really, really good passing early on. And I got to say, we definitely broke the spirit of Houston early on because in those first eight minutes, they came out aggressively. Manotas, if he was the Manotas of 2018, he would have scored that goal in a minute and 52 seconds. Manotas broke a record for single season goals for the Houston Dynamo in 2018. If he was that player, we would have been in trouble. And had they scored early on in the match, that might have broken our spirits. Because the minute Diego Rossi scored, it seemed as if that crushed Houston's spirit. And that really led to us playing, I would say, exceptionally well for a couple of minutes other than some mental lapses but that's the tale of the first nine minutes yeah philly let's talk though about something that happened in the 13th minute and you and i were we weren't worried about the situation with kenneth ramir innkeeper it's just that pablo has played incredibly strong for us over the last dozen matches or so we liked what we've seen from pablo cisniega Philly, in the 13th minute, a player that you and I talked about, we know that the fans voted Diego Rossi man of the match, but as we watched all 90 minutes plus, we picked our own different man of the match, and that was the man in the neon green kit there, Kenneth Vermeer. In the 13th minute, Philly, something you might see on SportsCenter tonight, a highlight reel save. Without a doubt. Darwin Quintero Jr., as we learned through the PA announcer, had a long pass that found its way over to Manotas. Again, if we were facing 2018 Manotas, it might have been a different story. Kenneth Vermeer, an outstretched Kenneth Vermeer, had one hell of a save thwarting that attempt. And that was a really, really good sequence. Quintero, definitely a big part of Houston's offense. He leads the team with seven goals and nine assists. And he nearly connected for his 10th assist with Manotas. But Kenneth Vermeer, one hell of a save. And that led... So another corner attempt for Houston, but Vermeer was there, and he had, I mean, it, it, we're going to talk about this later, he had a really great long pass to Brian. Nothing really happened as a result of that, but that's something that Kenneth Vermeer does really well. He distributes the ball from the box exceptionally well. That's something that Pablo 
definitely needs to work on. Kenneth Vermeer showing flashes as to why LAFC decided to pick him up. And I would say... Look, Pablo's our keeper, okay? Going forward, Pablo's our keeper for the future. And we can make plenty of arguments in regards to this. But there were several instances today that Kenneth Vermeer showed how when it comes to technicalities and certain skills, he is exceptional, exceptional, and vastly superior than Pablo Cisniega with passing the ball, with blocking penalty kicks, and with just having a little more confidence in terms of getting pressure on the ball. Anyway, that's just my take. Philly, he reminded me a little bit of this week's NFC Special Teams Player of the Week, if you will. That would be the incomparable 2010s NFL All-Decade punter Johnny Hecker of your Los Angeles Ramily. It was on a dime. Whose house? A little bit of Johnny Hecker, a little bit of Pat Mahomes on that dime that Kenneth Vermeer dropped right to the foot of Brian Rodriguez. Fantastic. It was unfortunate that he got dispossessed there 1v1, but again, one of those plays that you and I both looked at each other and said, that's just something Pablo can't do. Yeah, not yet. At, at this can't stage of yet. his career. In the 20th, Diego Rossi looking for the early brace, but he fans on one inside the box. And in the 22nd minute, LAFC getting behind the defense as Rossi timing his run perfectly and earning a corner. And from that corner, it is another LAFC goal. A little bit of luck and an absolutely beautiful shot by Eddie Segura. The ball really pinballed around the box a little bit. Came back right to Eddie for his second tally of the season. A beautiful left-footed rocket right into the side netting on the inside of the goal. We'll have to check back on the stat sheet tomorrow morning to see if maybe there's a stat correction for all of you fantasy MLS players out there. But it was Jesus David Murillo with the assist initially awarded by MLS and 2-0 LAFC. And you thought, all right, this is going to be the start of an avalanche of goals. That's what LAFC has done to teams like this in the past. Philly, just 22 minutes, and we are up 2-0. But honestly... After that, it was a bit of a concerning moment. We saw a theft at Bank of California Stadium for what would be the first of two times in this match. Mohamed El Munir absolutely picking the pocket of Darwin Quintero in the 29th minute. I could not believe you and I both went, oh, geez, because Mohamed El Munir just plays with such confidence there, especially against such a wily veteran like Darwin Quintero. Yeah. A great steal by El Munir in the 29th. But that brings us to the 30th. Pilfers the pocket is a really good way to to vocalize it, Scarf. It was as if I was an American tourist running around the streets of Paris, and I got my pocket picked by a Parisian pickpocketer. That's exactly what Mohamed El Menir did to Darwin Quintero. But this wasn't the only time that he picked some pockets. He picked some more pockets in the second half. Where and why has Mohamed El Menir not been a, a, a big part of the lineup? We've had Dejan Yakovic for a good portion of the season. And that's okay. But Mohamed El Manir is just a different caliber kind of a guy. He plays with fire. He plays with moxie. He plays with mustard and pizzazz. I want more Elmo in my life scarf. He also plays a little bit of a different position than Dejan Yakovic. Dejan's more of a center back. And I get that, but I would rather see El Manir start than... than, than some of the other starters that Bob has put in the back line. But look, I'm not a coach. I'm not going to tell Bob or John Thorington or anybody what to do. But I will say, we want more Elmo. All right. <laughs> Start Elmo. I That was the, what's his name from The Simpsons? And then all of a sudden, Elmo happened right after that. I don't know what just happened. 
but the bully guy from The Simpsons, the guy who beats up everybody. Nelson? There we go. That was oh, Nelson I don't on know. the left. Really? And that, that was, well, that was not Elmo. It was frightening. It is around Halloween. So, look, <laughs> as I was trying to segue you two, though, in the 30th yeah, minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got, we got into some trouble, I we get We did. LAFC in trouble again. A, kind of a bad turnover by Edward Atuesta. He had a few of those, even though he had 90% passing accuracy. Turnover just past the top of the box, right to Memo. Their second shot, leading scorer. Scarf. Yeah, absolutely. And, his and an academy player, by the way. Deflected off of the hand of Eddie Segura. The absolute right call there as VAR gave the yellow card to Eddie Segura and a PK for Mauro Minotas. But in the 33rd minute, by the time they got done reviewing it, to his left, Kenneth Vermeer dives. And you've mentioned this on several podcasts previous, Philly. The penalty kick saving penchant of Kenneth Vermeer. He's he's statistically he's had a really good track record with this. He definitely earned his paycheck. He he stopped. And throughout the course of the day, I, I would imagine that Manotas is going to have Kenneth Vermeer in his dreams. Great anticipation by our Dutch doorstop. Yet yeah, another... I can't believe I read that. I was looking over at your notes. You call Kenneth Vermeer the Dutch doorstop. Yeah, I mean, that's. I would say it's a pretty decent nickname. No, no? It's, it's pretty funny. I'm not going to lie. I'm picturing Kenneth Vermeer as a doorstop right now. All right. No, I mean, that's he stopping things at his door. I, I, it, I think it's apropos. <laughs> Yet another one of the reasons that he was brought in. I mentioned this. He has a really good track record of this. And I said it earlier. He distributes the ball real well. He kept us in this game. He had one heck of an outstretch saved on Minotas. And then he... This is pretty cool. When it came to the PK, and I saw him do this in the second half when, when fortunately, we had a, uh, a VAR that took away the penalty kick. I love how he sits at that 11-meter like point marker and basically stares down whoever it is that he's going to face. Kenneth Vermeer, he's... He doesn't look like a, a, a cuddly person. Right? He's as cuddly as a cactus, if anything. He just stares you down. And if I was, if I didn't know any better, I would fear for my life, knowing that this guy is taking my soul by basically staring into my eyes. And I don't know, maybe his, there was some Dutch doorstep witch, witchcraft that came into play. Manotas had some very powerful shots early on in the match. He didn't really have much mustard. And it was a fairly easy save for Vermeer to make. But this is, again, another reason why we bring him onto the club. And he does it again. He makes another save. Bravo, Kenneth Vermeer. That was Philly quoting the Grinch, by the way. Cuddly as a cactus. I like that. That's Your harotter. Did you know, by the way, in the original Grinch Before Christmas, they forgot to put in the credits the guy who was singing that entire song, who was also the voice of Tony the Tiger and the voice of Tango Roa and the Tiki Room. That's great! Yeah, right? They totally forgot to put him in the credits. It's kind of crazy to think about that. Anyway, just one minute later in the 34th minute, man, and do I have ADD on the podcast today. First Thomas Hilliard Arce and now the voice of the Grinch. Here we go. In the 34th minute, just one minute later, and I really appreciate our fans for sticking with me today because I am definitely having one of those Adderall days. You lost me on Thomas Hilliard Arce. An immediate yellow card right back for Houston as Matias Vera with a hard foul on Edward Atuesta. That would prove to be costly later in the match. 37th minute, a great tough run by Mohamed El Munir to earn a free kick about 30 yards from goal. Nothing came of the free kick, although Atuesta was really placing his free kicks well. In the first half, in the 40th minute, Brian Rodriguez earning a free kick just 10 yards from the top of the box. It was 
it seemed like a, a little bit of a generous and late whistle there that Brian Rodriguez was able to earn. And Edward Atuesta, again, we just talked about it, missing just wide from an attempt at the top of the box. And, and again, 43rd minute, a great ball from Sifu to Brian Rodriguez, who gets it to Edward Atuesta, but his shot was blocked. And Philly, I'm going to let you take it away on the 45th minute adventure there by Brian Rodriguez. You were, I'll say, upset about the effort from Brian Rodriguez. And all I have to say about this is, I agree. Kenneth Vermeer nearly notched himself an assist. All right. He had one hell of a pass that found its way to Brian. It might have been deflected, but it still found its way to Brian. But Brian decided to be cute rather than effective. And that really, really pissed me off. Like, Raito does a great job of breaking people's ankles, okay? But but that, that what he did right there, I mean, it killed me. It, it absolutely killed me. It's, it's the cute BS that pisses me off, all right? There was a shot prior by Mohamed El Manir. That had some fire to it, all right? That's what we want out of our players. That's what we expect out of our players. I don't know if anybody's seen Mighty Ducks 3, but it reminded me of a scene where Charlie Conway decided to get cute and he just chipped the freaking puck. And it was going and going. And as it got to the line, it was saved. It was blocked. A little bit of mustard, okay? And they could have easily have put in the game away. 3 nothing would have broken the back of the Houston Orange Fantapeel Crush Sunny Delights. 3 nothing going into the half would have been a great way to basically dump this team in the sewer. Because that's where they should have went. The darn sewer. All right, And that honestly could have cost us. When we start talking about the rest of the match, that simple cheekiness could have been the difference between us winning the game and us taking a victory and placing it in the hands of a draw. It really, really pissed me off. And I love Raito, okay? I've advocated for him. Not as much as Scarf. Hashtag blame Scarf. But (laughs) still advocated for him. He needed to put a little mustard behind that shot. And there was no mustard to that. And that literally pissed me off. It was a passionless, let me see if I can make marriage look like the fool. I hated that. Really, really ticked me off. And that, by the way, is a rant with Philly that... uh, Oh, another rant with Philly. We're going streaking on those, too. Normally, you know, I, I tend to be on the more conservative side of the rants with Philly. But on this one... All I'll say is, I agree, sir. And that brings us pretty much to halftime. There was a hard shot by Mohamed El Manir that was punched away right before the half. So after four minutes of stoppage, it is 2-0 LAFC. But as Bob would say after the match, LAFC didn't play great in the first half. I think they played less great in the second. We'll get to that in just a second. One of the things that you and I noticed as the players were coming off the pitch for Houston their backup keeper, Cody Cropper, which, by the way, sounds like his comic book alter ego name for whatever superhero he is, something with being tall. It looked like he was basically standing eye to eye with us, and we were three or four rows up in the sunset deck. He looked a lot taller than 6'4 as he was high-fiving everybody, but it was kind of funny. I almost pictured like he had the juice boxes and the orange wedges at halftime, and he was making sure to give every player a high-five. The dude looked like he was about six foot seven, six foot eight. Anyway, LAFC comes off. 2-0 at the half. Philly, how are we looking on the stat sheet? Two goals off of 12 shots, three on target. Five shots off target, four blocked shots. Shots inside the box, seven. Shots from outside the box, five. Headed shots, one. Corners taken, four. Fouls conceded, three. Open play crosses, six. Offside, one. Here's an interesting stat for you. We were 84% passing accuracy. We held the ball for nearly 60% possession in the first half. We played fairly well. 
But I will say we really got lucky because Manotas could have easily had two goals in this game. One in a minute and 52 seconds when he just missed to the right. And two, that actually three goals for that matter. Two, if it wasn't for Kenneth Vermeer being as flexible and as long as he is. And three, if there was a penalty kick, it could have been three to two going into this half. And, you know, we were happy with a 2-0 halftime score, but the comfort that we had coming into the second half didn't last very long. And I'm going to let Scarf talk really quickly, (sighs) and then I'm going to tell you why I feel that we need to avoid hashtag blame Philly and start creating hashtag blame Scarf. All right, so I don't want to take all the credit for this, but I will. I was a little hungry. Coming into the match, we had had a roast beef sandwich up at the, the little team area there. And, and look, full disclosure, I didn't eat the bread. I didn't eat anything else. I just pulled out the roast beef and ate that. And I had like a quarter of a cookie. But look, you've seen me, guys. Come on. I need a little bit more than a little bit of roast beef and a cookie to get me <laughs> through a day. So we decided, all right, let's run down at halftime. Let's get a, another sandwich or something. And we did. We had a wonderful veggie sandwich. Both you and I had the veggie. And saw again, Pat. We saw yeah. Joseph Zacker. It was exactly. Cool. It, was, it was a nice little halftime break. However, however, and this is where the hashtag blame scarf comes in. We were a little late getting back to our seat right before halftime. And because we blinked and didn't make it back in the first 37 seconds, I will take the blame for LAFC giving up one early in the second half, and it is game on as the son of the great Roy Lassiter, Ari Lassiter, chips one in from a few yards out as the defense doesn't rotate over. Mohamed Omanir came crashing in on the middle. It was the extra pass a la Jamie Tart for Manchester City <laughs> against AFC <laughs> Richmond that allowed for the goal to be scored by Ari Lassiter. And yes, it is my fault for wanting to go get a sandwich. No, that's not the reason I blame you. You referred to Mr. Lassiter on multiple occasions. You said how desperately you wanted to see the son of Roy when you and I were hanging out before the match started. Very true. And then you mentioned it again when we were talking to Joseph Zacker of Heart of LAFC, and I will say congratulations on your 150th episode. And as we're rushing back to our seats, we noticed that we've fallen behind within seconds of the opening of the second half. And who, who Ari scored Lassiter. the goal? Who? Ari Lasseter scored the All right, goal. So, so hashtag blame Scarf from here on out. That's what I have to say. And this, again, this, to me, 2-1. 2-0 is like the worst, worst kind of lead to have. If Raito would have punched in that freaking goal at 3-0, I wouldn't have cared as much. 2-1, now the Dynamo, or the Orange Peels, or the Fanta, Sunny Delight, the Crush, whatever the hell you want to call them, now they feel like they're in the game. And they played that way, too. You know, this is a game that eventually we're going to win. You just seem pretty upset there, bud. I think... Uh, I just really want Raito to score, man. I, look, I'm with you. I think you. it was such a wasted opportunity. Philly, that, what you saw right there on that play, is the exact reason why a lot of fans are really frustrated with him, and rightfully so. But either way. 52nd minute at the tail end of the 52nd minute. It's Rossi with another goal, but he was just offside. Unfortunately, we thought he had the brace. LAFC answering right back as we go up 3-1, but VAR, which seemed to be bad up until that point for LAFC (laughs) tonight. No goal as we stay 2-1. 
Yeah, and in the 56th minute, the soccer gods still not shining on LAFC completely as Sifu hits the woodwork after an incredible pass by Cheeky Palacios. And Sifu got all of this shot, believe me. And it was one where the goalkeeper doesn't even really turn. He just hopes. And that ball clanging off the woodwork there. It would have been a beautiful connection by the Ecuadorian entourage. Oh, it it would have been absolutely incredible. 57th minute, I finally get to see Ari Lasseter do something on the pitch because I missed the goal. Ari Laster turning on the speed yet again, forcing a corner for Houston on the second try in the 58th minute. LAFC really got away with another one, Philly, as that ball went all the way through the box. No one on the back post. And and really, I was like, man, LAFC is getting break after break after break. We could have gotten another goal on that one. So you're talking about, really, it could have been four or five goals for Houston in this match. But, Philly, in a moment that really wouldn't change the game, as much as we thought it would when it happened. In the 58th minute, Houston gets in trouble for being naughty. (laughs) That's one way of putting it. 58th minute, we had a free kick after a hard foul on Brian Rodriguez. Vera, number 22, got charged with a second yellow card, and now he's off, and we have the man advantage. Now, Houston has to switch things over tactically, and lo and behold, two minutes later, we bring in the big guns. Latif, Tristan, and El Capitan, Carlos, the hair, Vela coming in. Out is Raito, out is Segura, out is Pancho. And at this point, we think we're going to take complete advantage of this. They're a man down. They're going to be playing with their heads tucked in between their tails, and the captain is back. I try to have my own Scarf Stradamus moment where I said, Vela will come in around the 65th minute. I was five minutes off. And he's going to score a goal. And Bradley Wright Phillips will as well. Didn't happen. Look, you were almost right. I was close. I was close, yeah. You should be upset at Brian Rodriguez because what was the score that you predicted in your one more sleep? 3-1. And if Brian Rodriguez puts that away, what would the ending score have been? 3-1. So there you go. So you can blame Brian Rodriguez on that. I'm sure a lot of people on Twitter and the LAFC fans page are already upset about that. He almost had an assist. Unfortunately, it was called off for, you know, off. Yeah, it was was called off for being off. What was nice, though, Philly, was to see Carlos Vela get back into taking those free kicks again in the 62nd minute of free Free kick forced a corner, which Vela also took. So it looks like he's getting a little more strength and getting back there the way that we need him to be. In the 63rd minute, it was a Honduras men's national team party as Boniette Garcia comes in for Mauro Minotas, which we thought might take a little bit off the gas there for Houston, but certainly not. LAFC forcing another corner in the 66th, another great corner by Edward Atuesta. And Philly, Tristan Blackman, on a play that we've run for Mark Anthony K before, on a play that we've run for Eddie Segura before, he got to this ball up at the top. It was a beautiful header, but Tristan Blackman just couldn't put this one on target. And really, again, we're letting Houston hang around. It was still 2-1 after this. It should have been 3-1. And we almost had another highlight reel play by Edward Atuesta and Latif Blessing after that. <laughs> Carlos finds Elmo. Elmo passes the ball. Uh, I mean, it might have been Elmo or Atuesta. I'm pretty sure it was Elmo. If there's anybody out there that corrects me or can correct me, Scarf will send you a pin. But Latif, (laughs) (laughs) you like that, huh? Latif tried to pull some Kung Fu-ish on that shot. He missed it badly. We watched the replay, and, dude, all I thought was, like, he was trying to invoke Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Like, I don't know what Latif was doing on that. All five foot nothing of him tried to do 
I mean, it would have been a spectacular play had he made contact, but as Bob Uecker would say, just a bit outside, it was a fairly awful miss, but hey, yes, we'll give him A for effort. A for effort. There we go. 72nd minute. There was a temper tantrum thrown by Darwin Quintero, and he got a yellow card for bouncing the ball after getting upset at the referee. Man, I can't get things going my way. Philly, we saw a lot of yellows, and I know you're going to recap that after the match, but man, man. eight yellows in the match today? My goodness. The long bender from Edward Atuesta in the 73rd minute, 74th minute, BWP just wide. Also, Diego Rossi's shot saved nicely by Maric. Again, a really nice game there by Marco Maric in goal for Houston and this is where I wrote in our notes that Philly has been on the edge of his seat now for about 30 minutes as we're watching the second half you know after the goal by Ari Lasseter that we didn't see Philly didn't get off of the edge of his seat for the entire rest of the match and in the 76th minute we talked about it once in the first half and now we'll talk about it again Parisian in the second pocket. half Mohamed El Mounir and this time and we're talking about a full speed Ari Lasseter here that Mohamed El Mounir just steps right in front of and dink Pokes it away. Another great steal by Mohamed Elmanir. 77th minute. Diego Rossi with, we talked about Brian Rodriguez not getting any mustard on it. Diego Rossi with way too much mustard on the shot. Well over the bar into the 3252. He's kicking that back to Montevideo. Banners into the 3252. Banners. We we missed the 3252 at the matches. I, I have to say, it's, it's just weird. I, I appreciate everything that LAFC is trying to do to make it seem like a match day experience on television when you hear the piped in sound and in, in bank of California stadium, it's even weirder because you don't have the, the energy you have the the songs, you have the volume, but there's just something about not feeling the entire bank of California stadium, literally vibrate and shake as the 3252 does what they do. It's, it's missing and I miss it and I hate it. And I can't wait for us all to get back, whether it's in the North End or whether it's anywhere else at Bank of California Stadium. I miss the place. I miss feeling alive at Bank of California Stadium. It is great, Philly, for you and I to be able to sit there and cover these matches. And we we really do enjoy it. And we, we couldn't be more thankful to LAFC PR, to Seth and to Aubrey and to everybody that helps make this happen so that we have been lucky enough to be there for now, I believe, four matches since pandemic started. But we just miss the absolute heartbeat of the LAFC experience and 3252 being what they are is just it's sorely lacking there. But anyway, look, a little bit of a, a segue there. I just I just miss everybody in 3252. So that's the 77th minute Philly in the 78th. We got we got a little Carlos Vela sighting once again. Vela with a long feed just out of the reach of Rossi. Houston still hanging around 79th. 79th minute, Bob displaying his soft touches. The ball caroms, as I've been, uh, you know, scolded by the scarf. Out of bounds in his direction. You know, Carlos Vela, in the short amount of time that he's played in the match, at this point he's become somewhat of a threat. A minute later, 80th, still haven't seen a ton of good passing decisions from Mario just yet. That's been unfortunate. 82nd minute, Latif with a foul to stop a run by Houston. 83rd minute, it's a two versus one run by LAFC, and Carlos keeps it. Diving stop by Marich. Oh, I really thought that Carlos was going to notch his fourth goal in five matches. He, he Marich is keeping Houston in this game at, at this point. Yeah, I feel like he almost did it again in the 84th. 84th, another near miss by LAFC. I mean, it wasn't miss. What am I talking about? Carlos' shot goes into the side netting. He... 
I love his patience, man. Like, there aren't very many players that would have the type of patience that Carlos Vela does. Unfortunately, he did hit the side of the netting. It could have been a spectacular goal. That could have been another one for him. And at the tail end of the 84th minute, the yellow card. God, I that that yellow card, we saw that a lot. We'll go through it in the final numbers. But We're Sifu, about to see one again. <laughs> yeah, Sifu gets one, and then, oi. A disaster scenario occurred in the 85th minute, Scar. All right, so it was a hold-on-to-your-butt situation. Look, it's the same thing as we were all feeling there in the World Series as LAFC was only up 2-1 with the Dodgers only up 2-1. We knew that any swing of the bat by Tampa Bay could have tied up the ball game. Well, we knew that any small play could have led to something like a PK in the box, and that's exactly what we thought we had in the 85th minute, a yellow to Latif for what was a high boot, but by the way, complete embellishment by that Houston player for saying that, oh, I got kicked in the face, it was a really high boot. Yes, it was a high boot, so the yellow card was awarded, and they awarded a PK, but VAR in our favor now. Wow, LAFC catching a break. The no PK was called. Not that we didn't think Kenneth Vermeer could have saved two of them, but come on. We're up 2-1 in a match that we really didn't deserve to be leading, and the soccer gods giving us a little wink and a nod yet again. And I noticed, Philly, and you you and I talked about this, right after that, the match really got physical by Houston. They really started committing a couple of extra fouls. Tab Ramos, we mentioned earlier that he was going to make the stat sheet. He picks up a yellow card for inviting the referees over to dinner after the match, apparently using some language that he was not allowed to use. And another yellow just one minute later for Boniette Garcia, earning one for a foul on the teeth, getting super, super chippy. He shoved him, and then he had a temper tantrum. Didn't realize the Houston Fantas cried so much. But you know what, Philly? I was really surprised. To be honest, as soon as stoppage time started, four minutes of stoppage time, I really thought that's when Houston kind of turned it off a little bit. I felt like LAFC really dominated the last four minutes of stoppage time. Rossi and BWP connecting to earn a corner. And in the second, Vela teed one up, but that got blocked. And after a bad turnover, what we really love about this guy, Mohamed Omanir, is that he never, ever stops. And in the fourth minute, he earns the ball right back on a good block out of Ari Lasseter, who, other than those first couple of plays that we got to see and then the goal that we didn't get to see, Ari Lasseter really wasn't a factor much after that. And Philly, you finally scooted back in your chair a little bit there as the referee blows that whistle. And it's an escape for LAFC. But Philly, also a little history made as that final whistle blew. We didn't flinch. Thank you, Houston. Our third straight season playoffs, we clinch. And this is the second year in a row in which we clinch something pretty important against Houston. Was that, by the way, a continuation of your poem from earlier in the podcast? Yeah, it's a seamless transition into earlier minutes. Look at that, look at that. Yeah, so it it wasn't supposed to be a celebration. We were happy that it happened, but I would have to err, I would have to basically reflect on what Bob said during the uh, press. I would have to refer back to what Bob said on the postgame. There was no celebration, because quite honestly, this is an expectation. If you don't feel, and there are fans, and I'm calling them fans because they're not supporters, they're fans. They legitimately thought that we wouldn't make the playoffs this season. 
I'm so happy that that's behind us right now. We made the playoffs. We had no doubts that we would make the playoffs. And as an expansion team, three straight years, we make the playoffs. We congratulated Nashville on this earlier. Let's see if they can continue this trend for another two years. But that wasn't the only bit of history that we made today, Scarf. There is something that's going to land on this day in LAFC history, 365 days from now. What is that? So Bob Bradley moving into third place all by himself on the MLS coaches win list. I believe, Philly, correct me if I'm wrong, win number 170 you in got the it, illustrious career of Bob Bradley, moving him to third all-time in Major League Soccer. He was passing, I believe it was Dominic Kinnear, currently the assistant on the bench over down in Carson, but he might be catching Bob or at least trying to catch Bob on the wins list sometime soon. You mentioned it, Philly, a 5-2 thrashing by Portland down in Carson. And how much longer will Guillermo Barros-Galoto be coaching? They've got a perfectly viable candidate to take over for at least the last couple of matches in the season there with Dominic Kinnear. So maybe, maybe Bob needs to watch his heels a little bit. But the way that Carson's been playing... Not too worried about that. Congratulations to Bob Bradley for moving into third place all time. And here's a little hot take with the scarf here real quick. I don't know how many fans on the LAFC fans Facebook page will agree with me. But considering all the injuries, considering all the international duty, considering Hmm, everything that Bob Bradley has had to deal with, the departure of Walker Zimmerman right before the season, the departure of Adama Diamande during the season, an injury to your MVP, Everything that Bob has had to deal with. And for us to still be mathematically in it, to not make the playoffs, not host a home match, but to still technically be mathematically in it to win the Western Conference. Bob Bradley, more than sporting Kansas City's coach, Peter Vermez, more than Seattle's coach, more than Portland's coach, don't like Brian Schmetzer, and I don't like Giovanni Savarese, Oh, he dresses nicely. He does. More than those three coaches, I believe Bob Bradley should be the coach of the year. Now, someone will point to Nashville's coach. Someone will point to the incredible job that Jim Curtin has done over in Philadelphia or that Toronto, whatever. Bob Bradley has had to deal with so much more than a lot of these teams have. Look at the amount of under 22 minutes that we have played for guys under 22 years old. Look at the amount of games we've lost with injury. Look at the amount of times that LAFC has had their back against the wall and really just played awfully. And Bob has had to drag this team through that with this message of ideas and hope and goals and defense. To me, Bob Bradley deserves a lot of votes for coach of the year. I don't, that's really good take. I, I, I really like that. Yeah, we've had a ton of adversity thrown our way. And we're, God forbid, we're going to have another whole heap of adversity getting thrown our way. Especially with international duty coming through when we have to start playoffs. Again, we don't have the full details of things yet. Ecuador hasn't announced their roster. We do know that when Uruguay goes to battle on their preliminary roster, they have Rossi and they have Raito. I mean, how, how does one manage these types of obstacles how does one lose their best player and one of their best and their vocal leader in the back line and then bring in guys like like Papel Nahar it's it hasn't been an easy season for us okay but we've competed and played so well these past couple of seasons that we expected to win the entire darn league May- <coughs> 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 
<clears throat> maybe at this point, us playing below expectations, maybe this will be the time where we jump on things and, and, and put in a full throttle effort and win the MLS Cup. We didn't have a great outing today, Scarf. We did not. Bob said it. He wasn't thrilled. And I'm kind of happy that the players didn't celebrate. There's still much work to be done. But hey, we're streaking again. And when you have Bradley Wright Phillips and Carlos Vela coming off your bench, that gives a team a lot of hope. The fear, though, is once we get in the playoffs, what is our roster going to look like? But again, in a long-winded, roundabout way, as I seem to always freaking do, (laughs) you are so right. Bob Bradley deserves at least an honorable mention for having dealt with the adversity that he's dealt with and bringing LAFC into a position where they clinch the playoffs and actually have a shot at competing for the Cup. Yeah, let's talk about our standing in the table. We stay at fourth in the table on 31 points, but in what is both so MLS and just so 2020, we may wind up playing on the road even if we finish fourth in the points standings for our first match in the playoffs. Why, you ask? Because MLS may move to a points-per-game format. And currently, fifth in the West is Minnesota, but not in points-per-game. We are currently fifth in the West at 1.55 points-per-game, and Minnesota currently sitting at 1.58 points Per game. Idiotic. And also, by the way, don't look too far over your shoulder there, LAFC, or you'll see Dallas sitting in sixth overall in both points at 28, and at points per game at 1.47, we are just eight hundredths of a point ahead of Dallas in sixth place. Thanks, Colorado, with all those COVID positive games that had to be canceled and rescheduled, and now they might not be rescheduled. And Stephen Betashore can't even play because you guys can't stay healthy. Come on, Rapids. Anyways, Philly, just two matches left in our season. We've got a match four days from now on November 1st, the day after Halloween. And we've got a match a week after that. November 1st, we go to San Jose to take on the Earthquakes. And father time, Chris Wondolowski, with two more goals today at the age of 97. He is still (laughs) walker be damned. He is taking that walker, getting rid of it. He's got those cool tennis balls at the end of his walker. It's pretty cool. This guy is just an incredible scorer, Chris Wondolowski for San Jose. And then our final match, I mean, Philly, can you imagine? If Portland loses their next match and we win, We're right there neck and neck with Portland, and we've got everything to play for in this last match. Portland comes to Bank of California Stadium in what will likely be our most important match in terms of playoff seating and standing. We'll see where we stand, where Minnesota stands, where Dallas stands, where Portland stands. Everything is still on the table for LAFC. We could host or we could be going on the road, Philly. Just two matches left in our regular season. No doubt it's going to be a slobber knocker of a end of season. I'm really excited, though. Again, we, we're in the playoffs one way or another. It'd be nice to have home field advantage, but again, that doesn't really mean anything. We, we've dealt with a fair amount of adversity. We find a way to hold our heads up high. I'm very optimistic about things going forward. I really am. I just want to clear up this international duty hurdle that we, we landed in. That's that's a real big pile of duty yeah. we're walking into. But we got a lot of good things going going for us. And the other good thing that we could kind of, you know, chuckle about is that we're going to make the playoffs for our third straight year, and there's a darn good chance that Carson ends up getting spanked with a wooden spoon. I'm cool with that, man. 
Look, Philly, if anything, I know you like a good spanking with a wooden spoon. One of the Whoa, things, no. Family friendly, dude. One other thing that I want to put out there Not- is that it is still possible, still possible, for the Los Angeles treble to happen this season. Oh, baby. We've had the Lakers. We've had the Dodgers. Wouldn't it just be right for it to also be LAFC? Can you imagine in a year, LAFC could be the third championship team in Los Angeles. I mean, how cool would that be, Philly? And then, by the way... The maybe, Rams got a shot I was going to say, something. maybe the Rams go all the way to the Super Bowl. Jared Goff and Johnny Hecker. And, I mean, how many championships can LA win in a calendar year? This would be pretty incredible. But I'm just saying, we still have a shot at the domestic, or I guess it would be more like civic treble. Yeah, civic treble. Oh, I like civic, that. Having to do with the city. Hashtag civic treble. Hashtag civic treble. Let's go. LAFC black and gold. We're going to the playoffs. And you know what? We're going to win the whole damn thing. Let's there go. There we go. That's the spirit. That's what I like to see. Let's go. Look, we've talked for like an hour and 15 minutes. We Philly. do that a lot. But you know what? We're celebrating a win, and we're celebrating a win streak, and we're celebrating the fact that we get to go up to beautiful San Jose in a crowd that we're used to seeing up in San Jose with no fans, and we're going to take it at San Jose. I said two podcasts ago, we needed six points from these two matches. We've got the first three out of the way. Let's get the second three from San Jose, and then we put all the chips on the table, or we rest everybody against Portland. We'll see what happens. Philly, anything else that you want to say on episode 127? The next time we all hang out together, Defenders, it'll be November 1st, so... Uh, even though it's a freaking stupid year. Wanted to wish y'all a happy Halloween. Scarf and I are still trying to figure out what to be. We we were deciding on Wayne and Garth. We were deciding on, on I mean, I, we haven't really decided on much. I don't know what, <laughs> I know what we're going to. We'll probably just end up like, you know, drinking beer at Nina's house. But yeah, happy Halloween to all of you. Again, we're still living in crazy times. It, it's a delight to have the Lakers and the Dodgers doing their thing, winning their championships. And despite the fact that this city saw the same exact result in 88, stuff like this doesn't happen often. So enjoy yourselves. But more importantly, please be safe. We still are in the middle of a freaking pandemic. And the safer we can be and the more we can adhere to some of the social distancing distancing crap that we have to deal with, the quicker we can all get back into the stadium. I'm not about politics. I don't. I, that stuff makes me angry. I just want to get back to living a normal life. So please go go out there, be safe, enjoy your happy Halloween. And I got nothing, Scarf. We should probably end this podcast because we've been ranting and raving for a while. I got one thing. You Hashtag know. blame Scarf. Thomas Hilliard Arce, blame Scarf. Yeah. Oh boy, I was just gonna say I got one more thing, and that's you know how we like to end all of our episodes. Bye-bye.